0: Just about to hit 7 o'clock p.m. Brandon Marcus here at BD Marcus, joined by my co-host Matt Mattawarren, back on the Ethos Clippers podcast. Matt, how are you, my friend? Sports
1: Ethos Clipper Nation, Brandon Marcus, how the heck are you? I'm doing great. It's been uh, a pretty pretty wild day in Clipperland land uh, for one reason or another, but just loving life. Happy to be back on the pod with you. And uh, can't wait to talk about the happenings of today, the future, and what might happen.
0: Yeah, and I, I knew this was going to be a interesting week. Um, it had the potential to go from being as boring as possible and the Clippers running it back and just re-signing everyone, re-signing Westbrook, bringing back Eric Gordon, bringing back Mason Plumley and kind of going from there. Um, but then, obviously, the bomb dropped last night. That the Clippers were waiving Eric Gordon and not picking up his option, that would have cost them about 20 million dollars, and that caught some people by surprise. And it lit Clippers Twitter on fire last night, destroying the front office, saying what a disaster the trade was last year that ended up bringing Eric. Uh, pardon me, Luke Kennard away from the Clippers along with a pick swap. And it landed the Clippers' Eric Gordon, who only played 20-plus games with the team. And then, obviously, today happened where James Harden opted in to the final year of his deal with the Sixers for approximately $35 million. And then immediately, there was speculation from Woj and Shams that he was on the block, and the Clippers were a possibility um, for Harden to land with L.A. So, let's go back to last night first, because it's obviously been a crazy 24 hours in the NBA landscape, and especially when it comes to the Clippers. But I think it's important to touch on the Eric Gordon stuff before we get into the James Harden um, details and possible trade. And like I said, we're recording this at 7 o'clock, so if anything breaks, um, we'll obviously discuss it at some point during the podcast, but we'll kind of go and assume that a possible deal may happen, um, and we'll discuss who we think could be in that deal. But let's talk about Eric Gordon first, Matt. You've been a big Eric Gordon fan um, ever since his first tenure with the Clippers. And you and I went back and forth when we were talking about Eric Gordon. And we said, you know what? We probably think that Eric Gordon comes back because the Clippers will try and save face because of what they gave up in that deal. But I did mention that it probably doesn't make sense to bring him back. Um, But they probably will just because they'll just run it back because there's not a lot of flexibility with this team. Well... They surprised me. i curious, first off, were you surprised at what happened last night? And second off, how do you feel about the Clippers deciding not to keep Eric Gordon? A good move or a bad move? Uh, I was quite shocked. I was fairly certain that they were going to keep Eric Gordon and guarantee
1: his contract. Just because of what we talked about as far as saving face, and it's such a bad look to make that trade. And just to let it go for absolutely nothing and to have him play only a handful of games... And then in the playoffs, um, just in that first round. So I really didn't see, as time moved forward and the deadline was approaching to either guarantee his contract or not, you know, I hadn't heard anything. I actually texted you and I was like, is my Twitter broken? I haven't heard anything yet because I figured they would just do it. Mm -hmm. Like, what are we waiting for? And then lo and behold, he's gone. And I was quite surprised. Um, I couldn't see the forest through the trees. I didn't know that this was going to be the eventual outcome where they had freed up cap room and then have a chance to get another megastar on the team, or think, say what you will, possible megastar, former megastar, whatever Harden is at this point. But I, I, I do think now that it kind of shows that there's flexibility, I forgot who said this, but somebody mentioned, maybe it was Windhorse today, said that the Clippers don't typically make money-saving moves Unless there's already something else that they're planning for in place. And I guess that sounds like it's holding to be true, or at least it could be. So I do think it was the right move to let them go. Sad as it makes me, because like you mentioned, I'm a big, big Eric Gordon fan. But, you know, for what it could potentially net the team, at least for the upcoming
0: year, it sounds like it was the right thing to do. Yeah, and to touch on what you just said about saving money, it, this is certainly an owner in Steve Ballmer that has not been afraid to spend, and he's not been afraid to go over the limit and pay the tax bill. And here we are saying, well, do we sympathize with a guy who's trying to save some money, who's a billionaire? Um, most people say no, probably not. I mean, they're, just, they're owning a team, they know what they got their self into, and they're trying to put together a team to win the NBA title, but... Bobby Marks did tweet that the waiver that the Clippers had on Eric Gordon dropped the projected tax bill from 169 million to 59 million. That's $110 million Oof. in savings. Like that is a lot of money, man, that was saved. And so you wonder well, $110 million saved, like that that's that's I don't know how much that is to a guy like Steve Ballmer, but listen, man, that's a lot of money. And so I understand. If you get rid of a guy like Eric Gordon, who, frankly, he's not a piece that's going to decide whether you win or lose a title, and you can save $110 million to do so, that makes sense. And so L.A. is $18 million over the $165 million, 65 million tax threshold, because that puts them about $183 million. And here's the thing, um, and we'll, this kind of does go with what we're talking about with Harden, and we'll, we'll mention it in terms of the money that's saved, $110 million, perhaps that money a little bit of it, it goes towards a guy like James Harden if the Clippers um, have that to spare now. So, But it is important, man. If you, if you look at it, you save that much money for a guy in Eric Gordon. And let's be honest about this Clippers roster. I mean – you we know that they're injury-prone, and we know that Eric Gordon played a bunch of positions last year. I mean, credit to him. He was able to play backup point guard. He was able to fill in for Paul George when he got hurt. He really did play point shooting guard small forward, and then even when they went really small, he played power forward. So he was very versatile, and there's certainly a lot to be said about what he's able to do with his ability to spread the floor and shoot deep threes. I mean, his 30-foot-three distance, we know all about it and how good he is from 30-foot-plus – he and he was able to attack the hoop. He brought a lot of what we were kind of hoping the Clippers would get from a guy like Wes, Russell Westbrook without getting Russell Westbrook and the ball we made more in his hands, more or in the hands in his hands more. Nonetheless, here we are and no Eric Gordon, but you look at what's on this team and Terrence Mann was fighting for minutes last year. Bones Highland I know is a fan favorite. Um, he was fighting for minutes. Robert Covington couldn't sniff the rotation you look around this roster and there's a lot of guys that were crunched because of minutes and Eric Gordon was a guy that just took minutes. There's a lot of guards in this roster. So in the end, I just think it makes sense that you get rid of a guy like Eric Gordon. And and I tweeted this yesterday. Um, Actually I tweeted it today, I believe. And I I was saying that the one thing that wasn't really being discussed and you and I talked about this in great detail a couple podcasts ago is that losing Gordon, Eric Gordon, you help get under the second apron. And like that's a big deal because I don't think people understand that if you go over that second apron, and listen, it's possible the Clippers do that when they get James Harden, um, and who knows if they decide to keep him after this year. But if you go af- over that second apron, you can't use the mid-level exception. You can't sign any buyout, guy, buyout guys if you're over it. You can't trade a first-round pick that's seven years in advance. You can only do six years or fewer. And for the Clippers, a team that's already traded a bunch of their future picks, that's pretty huge So they can't trade a pick further down the line. And again, I think the most important part, and this is something that I did not see anybody talk about really, the Clippers front office did not have this new CBA in their hand when they made that trade for Eric Gordon. Like this CBA came, this new CABA came after the trade. If the Clippers knew about this new CBA, they most likely do not make that trade. But this came out of nowhere. And so, yes, it looks bad that they ended up dropping 10 spots for a guy like Whitmore, who, again, I don't think we're having this conversation about dropping spots if it wasn't Cam Whitmore, a lottery pick, that dropped to 20. And. Who knows if the Clippers would have taken them? This is the same team and the same medical staff that wouldn't take Michael Porter Jr. So if enough teams had Whitmore flagged to drop, it's possible the Clippers were one of those teams and wouldn't have even draft, drafted Whitmore. So really, you lost Kennard for Eric Gordon, and you went for the title last year, and you thought Eric Gordon gave you a better chance. So in the end, it made sense to me to make that trade last year, and I think people are just doing hindsight right now because of the new CBA and because Cam Whitmore dropped to 20. And frankly. I don't think that's fair in the front office. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, hindsight being what
1: it was, what, what it is, it, I agree with you 100. If if the Clippers had known about the new CBA and all the new rules, uh, I don't think they make that trade last year. But at the moment, we were applauding, and many people said, you know, the Clippers are one of the winners of uh, the trade deadline, mm-hmm. which we which I kind of thought they were too. But I think it's really important, something you bring up because I think I suffer from this a little bit too. But I have a feeling that there is, not that everybody even understands it, but there is a bit of second apron fatigue, I believe, just because it's being mentioned on every single uh, time anybody's talking about the NBA these days. Like, will this team hit the second apron. they got to avoid the second apron. And, you know, there's a reason that it's talked about so much, and it's the stuff that you mentioned just now and what we talked about a few podcasts ago when we tried to make heads or tails of the new CBA or what little information we had of it at that time. And the penalties are harsh, and they just handcuff a team to a point where you really can't get out of that chair you're handcuffed to if you are above that second apron. So I do, I do think that, and you know, people are probably getting tired about hearing about it—the the new CBA, the second apron, blah blah blah. You, can, you know, they go back to what you said. Well, Bombers rich, it doesn't matter. It's not actually about the money that you spend. Of course, that is important. Hundred ten million dollars buys a lot of toilets, but I do believe to avoid all those penalties if the Clippers can in, in not uh, signing Eric Gordon for this for the rest of his guaranteeing his
0: contract, uh, it's, it's a pretty huge deal. Yeah. And, and here's another thing is that Eric Gordon's not young. This is not some young player. Like Eric Gordon's another guy that is 30-plus years old on this roster. And, like, how many of those guys do you want to be giving minutes to – I mean, he's 34 years old. And sometimes, I said this yesterday, sometimes you just make a mistake and you just admit it and move on. Like, listen, Eric Gordon's old. He was making 20 plus million dollars. I mean, you're giving a guy in Eric Gordon who's 34 years old, 20 plus million. Is he worth that? I don't think so. I mean, I'd much rather have Terrence Mann get his minutes. I'd much rather have Norman Powell, if he's still on the Clippers roster, get his minutes. So it's unfair to go after the front office for that deal they made because, like you said, everyone thought the Clippers were winners. They got Bones Highland, who was a young, energetic point guard. They got Eric Gordon, who addressed some needs from three of the ability to attack the hoop. And they got Plumlee, who was a backup center. They addressed the needs last year. The Clippers just got bit by the injury bug, and Kawhi got hurt in the middle of a series. And that's part of why the Clippers failed last year was because of injuries. So let's not go and blame the front office because they did what the Clippers needed last year. Could they have foreseen this new CBA? No. Did they know that James Harden was maybe going to become available? Probably not. So this front office is going year to year at this point with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And that's all you can do because these guys just cannot stay healthy. And you don't know how long they're going to be. On your team, so you're going year to year with older players, and the Clippers did what they did needed to do last year. So I'm not going to go after the front office. It looks bad because of the Cam Whitmore thing dropping, and it looks bad because he's not on your roster anymore. Eric Gordon's on your roster anymore after 20 plus games. Like I, I get it, but I don't think that he's a guy that people should be throwing their arms up and being very upset about losing. Like listen, there there's other ways to fill what he brings. He's not a guy that's going to be the reason why you don't make the uh, NBA title game, like I mean the NBA championship. Like it's it's not a decision that is going to haunt you forever. So, here's the thing. The Clippers don't make that um, signing. They end up getting rid of Eric Gordon, and now all of a sudden today, the Clippers emerge as the favorite for James Harden. Now, let's talk about this from a very logical point of view. The 76ers don't need to trade James Harden. They don't. They can keep James Harden. They can keep him until next year when he becomes an unrestricted free agent and they can see what they can do this season and go for it. The Clippers are in a position where they have some contracts that make sense. I mean, there's certainly some deals that have been floated out. Um, But before we even get to that, I'm a guy that thinks that the Clippers should be going all in. You and I have discussed this where this team is just not suited to be projecting for the future. Like you need to go and try and win it right now. When you have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, you have no idea when they're going to be healthy, but you have to act as if this will be the year that they'll be healthy. And this team's not good enough with just those two guys for a couple of reasons. Number one, when they sit out during the regular season or when they get hurt, this team drops off a cliff. And so you need to have somebody else besides for Eric, Go- besides Eric Gordon, besides for PG and Kawhi. And James Harden fills that void during the regular season and certainly helps you treat the regular season more seriously. Second of all, you have another guy in the postseason that, if God forbid someone does get hurt, you still have two guys. And guess what? You're not winning the title, anyways, if you lose one of those guys. So it's nice to have that other player to keep you competitive. If let's say Eric, uh, geez, I don't know why I keep saying Eric Gordon, uh, Paul George needs to miss a game or two. So I think it makes sense from that perspective. Is he someone though that you want to have on the roster? Cause we, there's a lot of negative stuff that's been said about James Harden. Is he someone you want on the Clippers?
1: There,
0: there's a lot to be said about James Harden in
1: a negative sense. I mean, like you said, uh, at the beginning there, the, the, the Sixers don't have to trade James Harden, but we have seen James Harden on a team where he didn't want to play. He was unhappy, specifically in the Rockets, and just, you know, played at about 30%, right? So there's nothing to say he won't do that again in the last year of a contract. He can't be extended, from what I understand. So it's basically just it's it's, it's a one-year deal for no matter where he goes. Do I want him on the Clippers roster, though? Absolutely, because I do think you need to go all in, and I'm glad you mentioned um, – taking the regular season seriously. Because how long have we been asking them to do that? Lawrence Frank said that he's learned after all these years that they need to take the regular season s- seriously. And this is one way to do so with an innings eater uh, like Harden who, when the other guys are out, or if even he's out, at least one or two of those guys, hopefully at least two, are always going to be there at the same time. And it it does help to, to make you into a contender. I mean, like you said, Eric Gordon, as much as I love him, he's not a guy that's really going to move the needle. Harden despite his track record in the playoffs is a guy that can move the needle especially with the other two stars. So do I want him on the roster? Absolutely. It's an all-in move. It's one year is the only year you have guaranteed because like I said he can't be extended, but also let's say it does work out, there is great chemistry and we, we talk about this too. To me, it's not the most important thing, but I'm sure to the Clippers, it's, it's a high priority. You really want to open the Intuit Dome and get some, some butts in the seats? Well, this is one way to do it, mm-hmm. to have these three guys on your roster winning games a, in the regular season and in the postseason. So I'll I'll put the question back to you if you would like James Harden on the roster. But for me... I, it's a it's a big yes, capital Y
0: for me. Yes, definitely. And by the way, this, the Clippers would fly over the second apron um, if they ended up keeping Harden beyond this season. So you would think that perhaps this is going to be one of those things where they just try and win and we'll see what happens at the end of this year. I mean, there's been a lot of talk that Kawhi and PG may not get their max extensions that they're hoping for. And Zach Lowe has said it several times that the Clippers are going to fight back, and guess what? I don't blame them because why should the Clippers have to give a max deal to two guys that have shown time and time again they cannot stay healthy and they're not available when the Clippers need them most? Like they, There should be incentive-laden contracts. Someone else may pay them. It's very possible, but if you're the Clippers, I don't want to have four years guaranteed to a guy and Paul George that can't stay healthy and to Kawhi Leonard, who cannot stay healthy, and to give them a no-trade clause that can screw you down the line like we just saw with the Wizards and Bradley Beal. So James Harden's another guy that you get perhaps as insurance if one of those two guys perhaps leaves. Or if both of those guys leave, maybe you have a guy in James Harden that wants to stick around and finish his career with the Clippers. Like it's just a move that I feel like you need to make. And it's very much a win-now move. And... I think that's what the Clippers' mindset needs to be. Like It's really that simple. This Clippers team cannot continue to waste Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And you've already given up Shea Gilgis-Alexander and so many draft picks. So there's a lot of pressure on you to win. And so I get people saying, well, why don't you possibly trade Paul George for Scoot Henderson? Like, that doesn't make you a better team this year. It just doesn't. And you need to try and do whatever possible to win this year. So, would it make the Clippers better in the regular season? Yes, it would be cuz you would have someone else in James Harden. Now, something that's interesting, Lucas Hahn of 213 Hoops, who's done a great job with them, reached uh said that Daryl Morey and the Clippers have made a trade previously that dealt with an opt-in. Remember when the Clippers sent CP3 to Houston, Morey was there and of course James Harden was on Houston at that time. So here we are with another hardened trade with another opt-in and it's the Clippers and the Rockets that were doing initially and now it's the Clippers and the 76ers. So there is some form of familiarity there. And I'm curious how much of a how much of a groundwork that initial CP3 deal is. Because remember the Clippers got back Pat Bev. They got back Trez. So we'll see what that means um, for what this this would uh, be. And let's talk about that we'll talk more about Harden in a second. But if you're the Clippers, first off, you're not trading Paul George. So if you're on Clippers Twitter and you're saying, yeah, this deal is going to involve Paul George, it's just not. If you're getting James Harden, it's to be a threesome. You're going to have Kawhi, PG, and Harden. So the very logical move seems to be trade away Norman Powell, trade away Marcus Morris, who's from that area. Um trade away maybe a guy like Amir Coffey or a guy like Musa Diabate or Brandon Boston Jr. and a draft pick to get James Harden. Do you think that's too much? Do you think that's too little? Because remember, this is for a guy in James Harden that may leave your team after this year. So this could be for just one year of James Harden. And if you trade a draft pick down the line, you could be pretty bad down the line. So do you think that's too much to include the pick? Or do you think that's just right? Because you need to do what you got to do uh be it too much or too little i don't see any
1: way that the sixers and especially daryl morey would accept anything less yeah so you, i think you just kind of have to and you you just gotta you know bite the inside of your cheek you know white-fisted and just hope hope for the best because yes this could be just a one-year rental uh harden can't extend at this moment and like you said even if you want to sign him going forward you are going to leap over that second apron especially if you keep Kawhi and pg and who knows what's going to happen with their contracts but i think that pick has to be involved uh what scares me is if something like a t-man has to be involved as well that was my next question would you put team a T man in the deal uh and again my answer is going to be a reluctant and a begrudging yes okay because it's a win now, like you said. And I do think that this gives the Clippers the best opportunity now. Yeah. I, w- I would be fighting tooth and nail to not include T-Man, and I really hope it's just like a Morris, a Norm who you hate to see go to, but the Sixers could certainly use him like, as a six-man or what have you. And then the draft pick, and like you said, like a Coffee or a Diabate or something along those lines. So, man... Yeah, I'd have to say yes. Uh, I'm curious what you'd say. Uh, a, first about the draft pick going. Sounds like you agree, but for man, not quite sure.
0: Yeah, I think um, the draft pick probably has to be involved. But the thing is that the 76ers have said that they're not going to trade him to start a rebuild. So they, they need a legitimate pieces back. And I, I can't really say that Norman Powell, along with guys like Brandon Boston Jr., and Marcus Morris or Robert Covington is is enough. Um, It's possible that Robert Covington can certainly fill a void there. I mean, they know what he's capable of. Um, And then Norman Powell is a pure scorer, and who knows how he fit alongside a guy like Tyrese Maxey with Joel Embiid. And the draft pick, who knows, maybe they can flip that down the line to try and help them. Um, But I think Terrence Mann is a guy that's going to help them now and um, the Clippers have said they're not going to trade youth. I don't know if Terrence Mann counts as youth because he's close to 27 years old, I believe. Um, I think he's 26 right now. So I don't know if that counts, but you got to give up something to get something. And you can't go and rob a team, especially when it's a guy like James Harden that's a future Hall of Famer. And this is not a guy like Russell Westbrook who – um, doesn't quite have what he used to. And sure, James Harden's not the same player, but man, that guy can still go out and get you 28 points and 14 assists. Like, he, he is very capable of lighting it up from three and getting to the free throw line. Remember how many times the Clippers last year were crying about not getting to the free throw line? You want to go to the free throw line? You get James Harden. Like, he is someone that's going to make you get to the line and give you something that you were lacking last season along with the playmaking and the three-point shooting. So you would probably have to do whatever possible to go ahead and get James Harden. That might mean getting rid of Terrence Mann. And here's the thing. You've made your bet already, but with this Shea Gilgis-Alexander trade, acquiring Paul George and then signing Kawhi Leonard via free agency. Like, you've made your bet. Now you got to go for it. And could it hamper your future? Absolutely. Does that suck? Absolutely. But when you have two guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard – You don't get guys on your roster like that very often. You don't get possibly three Hall of Famers on your roster. Like, you just don't. It doesn't happen very often, and it doesn't happen easily. So the Clippers have to go for it, in my opinion. And the thing that sucks is that this is obviously James Harden's fourth team in four years if it happens. And he's almost 34 years old. Kawhi Paul Jordan Harden... Would have a combined 99 years old when the season tips. Those three guys would be a combined 99 years old. They average 33 years old, so it's an old team. But it feels like this is last chance saloon, in my opinion, Matt. Yeah, it's a last, it's a last go
1: around for it. Yeah, should they make this trade? Because with the way that the West is now, and you you look at obviously Den- Denver's huge; they're a juggernaut. You look at Phoenix. Adding Beal, we'll see how and if that works out. But they still have Aiton. Maybe they have a move to make as well. The Kings improving. Golden State's always going to be around. Never know about the Lakers. So you're going to be the Clippers are almost they're close to being stuck in no man's land in just the where they were last year, sort of the bubble of the play in. Can we be a five six seed? So in order to really go for it, and you said um, earlier, you said you can't waste. Kawhi and PG that's right they can't they also can't waste our time anymore we're, we're ready for something to happen as as fans so I I just think you, you're right you can't get a guy like Harden normally unless you're Ishbia to join to join two other superstars and I just think regardless of how much we all love T-Man and we do and how important draft picks are which the Clippers haven't had one in God knows how long and looks like they may continue not to have any you got to go for it with a guy like Harden who yeah is up there in age um and you know has been playing for many many years a lot of miles on those wheels but shoot still a still a great car that we we would love in the in the Clippers garage so i i say we if you can i think they have to go for it and you, you kind of just have to and you know whatever happens after that it's it'll, it'll be looked upon we'll be we'll be talking you and i will be talking in a year from now june 29th 2024 and, you know, our hindsight will be 2020 again, and maybe we'll be criticizing, or maybe we'll be, you know, kissing our championship rings. You never know,
0: but I think you got to go for it. And that's the thing. And that's a great point. And it goes back to how we started this podcast that people were going after the Clippers because of the move they made for Eric Gordon. And it could be the same thing a year from now, where James Harden could walk away, the Clippers could be out in the first round, and the, everyone in Clipperland's like, what the hell did the Clippers do? But we're sitting here, and the window is so small, and you need to do something to try and win the title. And this is a team that has been dancing around the chance to win a title since during the Lob City era. Got so close, couldn't get there. Now they're so close again, and they have a chance to add one more guy in James Harden that can help them get there. And I think you got to do it. Now, if you don't do it, And you keep Paul George and Kawhi. One of them gets hurt. You go out again in the first round. Then we're sitting here again next year. And we're saying, all right, what's their situation like? Are we going to extend them? What's the finances going to be? And can we even add another piece? The Clippers right now have expiring contracts in Robert Covington and Marcus Morris and Norman Powell. They have these guys. And I believe Norm Powell has a couple more years left. He's one of the only guys that's beyond, I think, next season. You have a chance to get some money off your books and to let things be a little freer for the future. And I think you got to do it. And James Harden's a guy that I think will fit really well with Paul George and Kawhi because we know that Paul George doesn't want to play on the ball. You know who does want to play on the ball? James Harden. We know that Kawhi Leonard's a guy that likes – to have um, someone provide the ball to him. You know who will provide the ball to him? James Harden. You know who will provide less pressure on Kawhi Leonard? James Harden. You know who's going to get to the hoop? James Harden. You know who's going to kick it out to Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and give them space? James Harden. And they've been looking for a veteran point guard for ages. We've gone through Eric Bledsoe. We've gone through John Wall. We've gone through Russell Westbrook. Now you have a chance to get a guy and – James Harden that's better than all of those guys and I think you just need to pull the trigger I, I think you just need to do it
1: I agree and then and to speak to the fit you know when you when you've got a guy like Harden who is not necessarily a defensive anchor you'll have guys like Kawhi and Paul George to kind of pick up the slack big zoo in the middle uh almost most importantly so an, another reason why Zubas just continues to be so important to this team I think it fits great. One, one thing that perplexes me though, because our good friend, a friend of the pod law Murray said that, uh, one Russell Westbrook is in no rush to make a decision once he hits free agency. And he's, he's called him a quote, not a dead set lock to return to the Clippers. So do you think let's say Harden does come over to the Clippers in a deal?
0: What does that mean for Russ? Do you think you led that perfectly? You're learning my friend. That was my next point. Well done, sir. um, and thank you. I, I don't think Westbrook makes sense if you get James Harden. I, I just don't because you're not starting Westbrook. And a, I don't know if he's going to be okay with a limited role. And again, if you bring in Westbrook, then that's less minutes um, for guys that perhaps should be getting them. And a guy like Bones Highland that maybe you want to see what he's got. Um, and if it doesn't work out, then you, who knows? If you still have Terrence Mann on your roster, you want to give him the minutes. It really just does depend, though, on who is on the Clippers roster after this trade. Like, if they go ahead and they trade Norman Powell, and they trade Marcus Morris, and they trade Robert Covington, they trade Amir Coffey, I don't think they're going to trade all these guys, but what if they do? Then all of a sudden, your roster's pretty thin. So maybe you do bring back a guy like Russell Westbrook if he's willing to play a limited role. And hell, man, like we've we've seen that Russell Westbrook's able to buy in like we did not think that was going to be the case last year. We didn't think that he would be able to get direction from this team and what they need and buy in. And for the most part he did. So what's to say that he won't buy in again knowing that this might be his last chance to win a title and if that's going to be 20 minutes off the bench to provide as much burst as possible and to go nuts on opposing teams bench units like it's definitely possible. But so I, my answer is if Terrence Mann is still on the roster, I probably don't bring back Russell Westbrook. However, if he goes in the deal, I think it'll be good to have someone with that type of pace and that type of energy to bring off the bench. So I would bring back Russell Westbrook. What about you?
1: I think it hugely depends on if Mann is involved in a potential Harden deal because, you know, there's all these, um, starting lineups that people are projecting with Russ, with Harden, with PG, Kawhi and Z like, that would be the starting five. In my mind, that can't possibly be the starting five. And it would not be the starting five. Uh, Russ would have to come off the bench. He'd have to buy in. But I think, um, I talked about Harden being an innings eater. If Kawhi or PG were to go down or when they rest, you want to talk about the all times, all time innings eater. It's Westbrook. We saw what he did when those guys were down at different points. And at the same time Mm -hmm. last season and in the playoffs. So he's, He's a good insurance policy just to sort of keep the thing going when when one or two of the stars are out because you know he's gonna be there and he's gonna be up for playing, you know, hopefully primarily in a bench role. He buys in like you said. But if if he needs to say, Russ, you know, our guys are out tonight, can you get in the starting lineup and just kinda run wild, he's more than happy to do it as we've seen. With man still on the squad, it makes a little less sense, but uh I guess I would lean towards yes bring Russell back but with the caveat look unfortunately the role is going to change yet again and there's going to be ebbs and flows in your role like you some some nights we may need you to be the man to be perfectly honest with you but most nights we need you coming off the bench and like you said wreaking havoc on these other bench units so if that can be the case and who knows what Russ wants if he even wants to do that or if he wants to look for a little bit more money elsewhere if he wants a full mid-level you never know. So I would tentatively say yes, bring Russ back. But of course, there are many, many, many caveats that go on top of it. So kind of a non-answer, but that's my non-answer.
0: Yeah, and there were a lot of people freaking out last night saying, all right, so if the Clippers are not bringing back Eric Gordon, this better not be just so the Clippers can offer the full mid-level to Russell Westbrook. And I'd be surprised if that's the case. I really would, especially given the fact that Lawrence Frank has been pretty vocal about how... He doesn't really think Russell Westbrook was the perfect fit, but he was happy to be proved wrong. It seemed like that's some of the rumors that were floating around, is that this was more of a Ty Lue, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard decision than a Lawrence Frank decision, um, and he's still kind of trying to prove Lawrence Frank wrong in a way, who's happy to be proven wrong. So we'll see. Um, can I, yeah. I up there real quick? Yeah. I don't, I don't think Lawrence Frank
1: was proven wrong, because it, it's not as if Westbrook was proven to be a good fit with True. Kawhi and Paul George he stepped up when in those guys absence so I don't even know that Frank was necessarily wrong and he may very well be right that he's not a good fit with those guys but you put him in a different role with say a Harden, and you know running the first unit and then then you can talk but I I don't think that Lawrence Frank was necessarily proven wrong because there's no real proof to say that Westbrook can play successfully with PG and Kawhi.
0: So on spot on. And that's something that's a point that we, you and I have made on this podcast prior is that we don't know if Russell Westbrook's going to fit. When we brought up Russell Westbrook the last couple of podcasts, I've said that we don't know if he's going to fit with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And so who knows if that's going to work. But I think that if you lose a guy like Terrence Mann, having Russell Westbrook's energy would be important. And if he comes in at that veteran 3.8, whatever it is, I think it makes sense to bring him back. Um, but oh man, if you have Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, that's a lot of guy. Those are a lot of guys who like the ball in their hands um, and like to create. And those four together on the floor would be a disaster. I feel like. Um, so you need to find a way to split up Russell Westbrook and probably James Harden, and probably play Russell with one of those two guys in Westbrook. I mean, in, um, PG or Kawhi. Rotations again will be critical. And it, it goes back to last season where you and I discussed how brutal it was for Ty Lue because his two stars couldn't stay healthy and he couldn't figure out what rotations worked and what lineups made sense. So this will only work if the Clippers are healthy. I mean, that is the number one fact of this entire upcoming season. None of this works if the Clippers are not healthy, but you have to operate as if they finally will be healthy. So we'll see what happens, um, and it is worth, by the way, noting, and this is a good point by Law Murray, who I read earlier today, that Norman Powell did play for Nick Nurse in Toronto. So it, it, I think it would make a lot of sense that Norman Powell is mm. part of that package that goes back to Philadelphia um, for James Harden. But man, I, I don't know what what's going to be good enough to get James Harden and if the Clippers decide to bring back Russell Westbrook, two huge, huge decisions coming up for this front office. And frankly, th- this could basically be the beginning of the end. If you don't get James Harden and you lost Eric Gordon and you bring back Russell Westbrook on the veteran minimum, I mean, th- that t- I don't think this team's good enough to, uh, to beat a team like the, the Denver Nuggets. Um, if we are not able to make that deal, but if you make this deal, and it doesn't work, then you're really screwed financially. This is a tough time to be a Clipper fan, but I'm I'm more excited than I have been, Matt, in the last couple of months, because if the Clippers can pull this off, I I think they have a chance, and that's all you can ask for is a chance. I think they have a a great chance if they're
1: able to pull this off, and I do believe the Clippers are going to try to get something done here if they can, sooner rather than later, because... There are some, some stipulations with Harden's contract, I believe, where after July 1st, it actually is that full 35, but the Clippers can match it to about 28 or whatever it was before. But that's only a couple of days. So it, it, there, the, the news could be coming fast and furious tonight and tomorrow. We're all going to need to pay attention. But like you said, Clip, Clippers Twitter, Clippers Nation has been on fire. First with the, air, the waving of Eric Gordon, but now it's, it's as if that never happened because with this, Everybody is going nuts uh, in Clipperland and in the NBA in general. So I, I love the discussion around it. I'm excited for it to happen if it does. And I, it's an all in move, but you know, I have played pl- plenty of poker in my day and I've been, been
0: known to uh, shove some chips in the middle every now and then. So I'm for it. And that's exactly what this is. This is shoving all the p- chips in the middle. And uh, as of now, James Harden is still on the 76ers. As we wrap this thing up, it is 7:37 p.m. Um, Obviously, if something happens, we'll um, figure out a time to record and do something. And this podcast will have something at some point this weekend um, if there is some news. And, of course, tomorrow at 3 p.m. is the uh, free agency start. So, obviously, some fun stuff will happen then. And the report came out today, like you said, that Russell Westbrook's not going to be quick to sign. So, who knows? The Clippers could be in limbo for a little bit. And um, I think Daryl Morey's a very smart GM. And he's going to play this thing um, as late as possible um, if he's able to try and get more offers. And he's going to try and find the best possible offer to keep his team competitive. And whether that's the Clippers or that's somebody else. And hopefully this comes to an end sooner rather than later. But it's possible this thing drags on. So uh, keep keep that seatbelt tight, but be prepared for a long ride because this could go for a little bit longer than we want it to. But we'll see. We'll see. It's exciting time, though, to be a Clippers fan. No doubt about that. Um, any final words? No, just great. really quick great point
1: about Daryl Morey. He doesn't owe the Clippers anything. He's probably yeah. in no rush to get anything done. So w- while the Clippers may be working hard to get this done as quickly as possible, yep. there is no incentive for Daryl Morey to not take more offers, not listen, and just kind of you know let it ride for as long as he can and try to get the best deal he can. So that's a great point.
0: Yep, no doubt about it. That's um, a great point. On Twitter, at Matt Matta Warren, I am at BD Marcus. of course, Ethos Clippers Podcast. At Ethos Clippers, if you can rate and review the podcast, certainly would be helpful. Give us a five-star rating. Give us that review. Just take a couple quick minutes to fill something out, and it certainly does help this podcast continue to grow. This is the fun time. This is the fun time before the season starts. It's what's the roster going to look like into next season. And we will be here every step of the way to see if James Harden will be coming home to join the Los Angeles Clippers. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Brandon. And go Clips. Go Clips.